Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 250. Today's topic is teammates ignoring your calls, keeping your peak from perform up from warm-ups, and how to handle big ego players. You might notice my setup is a little different. I'm in the actual scrimmage room, not in the streaming room, uh, using a webcam, using a headset mic. There's a wiggly back there. So, yeah. Uh, sorry about the audio. Sorry about the... Um, any general murkiness or fuzziness with the camera. We'll just have to deal with it for now, and uh, hope you guys tune in for the next show, hopefully, with higher Ds, HDs, more pixels. Anyway, let's jump into the first question from Hector. I'm a shot caller, and every time people are just not wanting to do what I want, they're just not following me, I get really frustrated and just going downhill in the middle of the game. Uh, how can I be more stable mentally on those type of situations? All right, so when you're a shot caller and people just ignore your calls, it's very, very tough to deal with um, emotionally. So you have to realize, first of all, that it's a essentially it's just purely an emotional hurdle, nothing else. It's not like a physical hurdle. It's not like jumping over a wall. It's not like you stabbed yourself in the leg. It's um, and, and even then, it's an emotional hurdle dealing particularly only with the past like it has no relevance to like the current present so there is a there's two ways to look at it first of all the correct thing to do is always adapt to the current situation and say the thing to your teammate that they need to hear that would most likely cause them to do the correct thing to win the game from this exact instance so you say a call they don't listen game goes worse then you say all right that call didn't work what is it that will cut through the noise to their brain? What's the best way to get them to, to listen? Do I ask them? Do I cajole them? Do I order them? Do I beg them? And then what is the current call now that the game is already in a bad space that would be the next best call? So if you can like turn into a robot and do that, that's always the best solution. Then there's the step of just kind of recovering emotionally from that situation, which is essentially you had your trust violated or your voice violated and then uh or your respect violated and there's kind of that wound um and you just have to decide like what's important to you is it more important that edifice inside of you the identity and what that person has in terms of relevance or is it more important that you um lead and that you win the game and that you do the right thing for yourself irrelevant of the other person because what they do doesn't matter to you so you need to move in that direction journaling is something that helps talking to friends uh helps going for a walk after the game and really thinking it through and being like okay next time that happens it's not going to mean as much to me because i don't value his opinion as much as i value my own effort towards a specific goal also something that works is like increasing the goal value in your head so the thing that you want desperately want if that's more powerful than the uh, frustration of people not following your call then you're more likely to just swallow it and move on those are all the solutions that uh, are best dealt with are used to best deal with that kind of uh, situation so thanks for the call and let's jump into announcements so a uh, couple hey Tavo couple announcements first of all if you want to call into the show uh, the best way to do that is to go to anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. And you can use an app, which is on your phone, to 
to call into the show. Then I can play the audio just like I did right there. And this is the, really the uh, the only way that I take call-in questions now. So I recommend that you please do that. And I'm running out of questions. So this this show is fueled essentially by your questions. And so please, if you have something that you wanted to ask that's like the don't wait for somebody else to call it in is what I'm saying. Don't wait for somebody else to uh, just kind of like do your job for you. Just no question is bad. If it's bad, I'll skip it. Okay, I promise. If it's a good question, then it'll be on the show. Don't worry about it. Uh, and in the meanwhile, uh, thanks for thanks for watching. All right, let's jump into question number two. Hi, Wilden. I want to know your thoughts on how to deal with and facilitate players with a big ego from a coach's perspective. I know there are pros and cons to having a big ego because it can give high confidence or competence, but it can also have drawbacks in a team environment. What do you think? All right, so there's two things. First of all, I like to start with big ego and work this way rather than having no ego and work the other way. It's much easier to win. So a big ego player should be seen as like an asset because a no ego player is definitely just as hard to get to win with and um, much more difficult to improve over the long term since what the big ego player needs is skill set in terms of communication and emotional regulation and what the low ego player needs is like identity work and um, like leveling up of their ambition which is stuff that generally speaking is an internal process it's not something that I can give to people so okay what are the two most important things when you're working with big ego players number one teaching them to accept when they've lost that the other person is better than them and they have something to learn from them. And the way that you do that is you just say, well, this is an objective thing. Like this this is measured with numbers. It's it's like there, you go into a skirmish in a 2v2 and like you lost the 2v2. It doesn't matter that there was another person there who was your teammate. They also had a teammate. You objectively performed worse as a unit. And there were things that you could have done to like win it, which you didn't do. Maybe you could have helped your teammate become better before the fight so that they were better, a better teammate in the fight, in the skirmish, so that, like, you won it, you know? So it's this kind of acceptance of reality where don't let your big ego player accept, like, a game loss as with excuses, if that makes sense. Like, ah, oh, well, this happened, or ah, oh, well, that happened, or well, well, I'm better, but kind of just, like, Try to have them learn from the mistakes that they made or the good things that the other person did, if possible. Uh, okay, second thing is... Um, conflict, right. So one of the best things about big ego players is that they, they will say things, uh, generally speaking. They will confront issues, they will bring up things, they will confront people face to face. They won't bottle up their emotions and stuff like that. Uh, and instead, they'll just actually have conflict, which is fantastic because that's a much harder thing to do if you don't have that uh, from the other end. But then what you can do is you can essentially just teach like healthy confrontation techniques. Like um, you can moderate the discussion. You can apologize for people. You can bring up key points you know, first and get them out of the way so that you can move on to other stuff so that they're not fighting about a big hidden 
elephant in the room when they're talking about minor stuff. Uh, you can make a circle after a game and get people to apologize for their mistakes straight up so that everybody knows that everybody saw their own mistakes beforehand. They don't need to be told. Uh, there's all sorts of ways of doing conflict resolution, training, management, whatever you want to call it, and that is very Googleable. so I will leave that to you. All right, thanks for that question, uh, Brent. And this is the part of the program where I talk about the MAC program, which is my online training course for mindfulness, acceptance, commitment, for specifically for eSport athletes, but also works for performance of any style, essentially. Uh, and this is an online video course composed of 49 videos that I put up for the first time in 2015, and this is the third version of it. And it came down while I was transitioning to the US, but now it's back up, missing a few parts in the transition, but now legal to sell in America. Woohoo! Uh, and it's transitioning to an app. So you can check it out now if you want as a video course. When the app comes out, hopefully within the next six months, you'll just get instant access anyway. It's one of the, kind of one of those buy it, have it forever things. And it's essentially the same thing that I did with CLG in 2015, the same thing that I trained TSM in 2016, the um, same thing that I did with G2 in 2017, um, and the same thing that I try to do with this current CLG roster now. Uh, these principles are the ones that you will find in that program. So go to mindgames.gg MAC, use the code ASKWELDEN. All right, let's jump into the third question from Siteware. Hey, well then, I'm a competitive Call of Duty player and I feel like whenever I warm up in a bot lobby to warm up my shots uh, against other players, I feel like I'm reaching my full potential. But then whenever I go and do an actual match against other teams with my team, I'm not playing to my full potential and I'm playing with less confidence. Do you have any tips on how to improve? Thanks. All right, so this basic pre—the um, basic question here is: How do you keep your warm-up peak and extend it into uh, live matches? So, two things to note: First of all, could be a perception issue because people's perception of their performance and their actual performance are not always connected together. Okay? And this is very important to understand that. Um, you can be performing at your peak and losing. You can be in the zone and doing the best that you could possibly do, but the other person is better than you. So once you put in like that skill level thing, then you can actually feel worse than you are and wish that you were performing better like you were that other day against that other person. But if that other person was worse and you were in the zone, relatively speaking, you would have perceived of performing better than you actually did. So there is that component of exposed errors uh, from skill level that you need to deal with. Secondly, you can generally be pretty close to like 95 to 100% of your performance. And it, you're not going to be able to like maintain a 100, if that makes sense. You're not going to be in the zone all the time. But consistency is really key in these kinds of shooting games where you have to make sure that 95 you know, you have like a 99% accuracy uh, that you're you're basically on most of the time uh, to the point where it's it's over time uh, too powerful for the other person to handle. Which is why there's like you know there's a lot of rounds in first-person shooters. 
uh, to make sure that people don't just get like lucky shots, right? So you're, you should be pretty okay if you can hit uh, very close to your peak performance. Okay, so how to transition from warm-ups to stage. Uh, so it, basically, my guess is that your warm-up is not suiting your stage very well. So there's two things that we need to make note of. One is most of the warm-up effect from routines and rituals is placebo effect. So things like if you wear lucky underwear and you believe that lucky underwear helps, then you will be you will perform better because of the mental and psychological aspects of wearing your lucky underwear. If you don't believe that it's going to help, then it won't help you perform better because it's a placebo effect. It comes from your own belief and confidence. Um, so you need to basically eliminate anything that you don't really care about uh, doing as a placebo effect, which is something that I try to do with my teams. And then the next thing that you can do is add actual impactful activities. So things like uh, moving your body and coordinating your hands. So doing some of the basic things like jumping jacks and mobility stuff with your shoulders. And then you probably want to warm up as much as possible with the visualization of the actual match so that you are preparing yourself for the, th the things that you're going to mess up during the game. So you think of like the most high stakes moments that you've been working on all week that you screwed up and you just like play through them and you put your hands on a keyboard and you like as much as possible move them along with it uh, or like on the on the control panel control pad if you're playing that way and you uh, and you just kind of like visualize through them uh, and prepare yourself for that moment in the game when you have to remember the training that you were doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and now it's Saturday, and you want it to like be automatic, but you're afraid it's not going to be automatic. So you're kind of greasing the groove, as it were. Uh, and that's really hard to do in warm-ups because you're not playing against, like in the game, you're not necessarily playing against people who are going to be acting the same way. Uh, so you can do that mentally, and it's kind of like shadow boxing, I would say. And you can also, do, of course, warm up against bots, so you get a little bit of your movement in the game down, but that's probably not that necessary if you practice every single day. You can probably go in almost cold and still have a lot of the same mechanics and automaticity from your brain, like ready there. So the rest of it is kind of like mental and physical warm up. Just make sure your body's ready, your heart, your heart uh, is ready, um, and your mind and your focus is ready. So in our warm up routine, we also have uh, about 45 minutes before the game, we have a moment of mindfulness where we just kind of like set aside everything that's not to do with competition. Make sure that we put it all out of our minds and we're focused only on competition. Then we have about 30 minutes of like uh, personal routine, building up of testosterone and competitive mindset where people are just making sure that they're really, really have a strong desire to defeat their enemy. Not to win against their opponent, but to like crush their their uh, adversary, uh, you know, or their rival, and that competitive drive kind of increases the this biochemistry of competition. It's kind of going to be churning through your body once you're live. We want to have it like prepared, ready to go, because the first minute, two minutes of competition is very, very important for setting the tone for that like automatic flow state, for that chemical flow state. And then you want to recover from any early mistakes by basically self-talk and writing them off. You want to make sure that you know that chemical flow state and fake flow state from your focus are not that far off from each other in terms of overall performance, like observed from the outside. 
This is actually research that people who th who were perceiving that they were in the zone, people who the perceiving they were out of the zone but were very very focused, their level of performance was was almost the same in terms of their relative to their maximum. So you can have a completely different experience of your performance, but the output will be very similar to like an outside observer. Uh, even though in one you think that it was super easy and you were in the zone and everything was fluid and you were hitting every single thing perfectly and the other one was like a, a hard-fought, arduous, sweating buckets kind of like ultra-focus and making and like having all these errors that you're correcting at the last second and barely pulling it off. Um, so make sure that you understand that if you miss those first few shots, you don't get this chemical in the zone kind of flow. It's irrelevant. You just need to focus in, zero in, Take a few deep breaths and make sure that you're like eliminating unforced errors and focus on the basic steps of fundamentals that you always do as kind of like a checklist to get into more of the advanced thinking of the game and just trust your muscles to do the right thing uh, if you've trained them with very little intervention. Don't try to focus too much on your movement or you'll end up choking and actually making your movement degrade to a previous level of skill. So... All right, that's it. That's the show for the day. Thank you for the questions, and uh, I hope that you guys have time to call in uh, and put your questions on the docket because we have basically one more. We just have one more. We can't even do a show tomorrow unless you uh, unless you uh, call in. So I'll put the link below the video, and I will put the link uh, in the Twitch chat. Make sure if you want to catch the show live that you go to Twitch.tv/MindGamesWeldon. And you hit the notifications button so that you know when I go live with the show every day. And I will see you next time.